talking about order. That's how we're going to observe things. Traditionally, we have done uh, baptism first, and then as we come out, we observe communion. But today, we're going to do it the other way around. We're going to do communion first and then baptism because that's the order that these pictures are, that Jesus died, his, broke his body, shed his blood for us, and then he was buried and resurrected. And so we're going to follow that order of death and resurrection today because this is a very literally a picture of what we hope for. There's, there's just a couple of points I want to make. Uh, starting, again, where if you have your Bibles, you can go back to the first part of 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to be drawing a little bit from the first 11 verses there. And I just want to just kind of frame this, why today is so important. Uh, one of the things that uh, we need to realize is why we do this and, and what the whole idea of, of having these ordinances is about. In verse 1 it says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preach to you. Most of our sermons over the month of October or September and October, we've been really focusing on the gospel. And here in the first century, Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, the one that he, he, he planted there, and he's like, I need to remind you, brothers, of the gospel. Uh, and, and what we re really need to realize is that we need a reminding that we, as people, we don't forget things, but they tend to fade in our memory. Uh, we may remember them, oh yeah, I remember that, but, but the clarity of those events and the importance of those events, they, they fade in our minds. And so we need a constant reminding of, of what Jesus is, about what we believe, why we believe, uh, why is it that I continue to care at all what the Bible says, why is it that I care at all about trying to uh, live a life that brings glory to God, oh yeah, I remember what Jesus did for me. I think this kind of reminding of the work of God has always been important to the people of God. In Joshua chapter 4, when Joshua is getting ready to lead the, the children of Israel into the promised land, this is what it says. it says. This is chapter 4 of Joshua, starting with verse 3. It says, Take twelve men from the people of each tribe and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from every place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in a place that you will lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men, and, and a people of Israel, and appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said, Pass before the ark of the Lord our God in the midst of the Jordan, and take up a stone upon your shoulder, according to the number of tribes and the people of Israel. And here's what it says in verse 6. That this may be a sign among you, when your children ask in a time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall tell them the story of God. And just like a, as Joshua and them move into the promised land, they have these stones in one of our hymns. That I, every time I sing it, I kind of smile. We call it an Ebenezer, a stone of remembrance. And that the stone is there as a marker to be able to tell future generations about the work of God. For many of us, baptism is that kind of Ebenezer. It's that, that marker in our life that, that at some point we can remember and tell people, let me tell you about the work of God in my life. And so I want to encourage all of us today, parents, grandparents, friends, and many of you will go out and have lunch with someone today. Today is the day to remember your story. 
I encourage you, let that be your topic at lunch today. Hey, tell me about when you were baptized. Hey, tell me about when you were baptized. Were you baptized? What, what led up to that? And share those stories. Remember your own and enjoy the stories of others. I remember mine when I was nine years old. 41 years ago now, uh, I was baptized. And, and I'm glad for all the Kate's friends, these college students here. Don't do what the college students. My mom worked as a, as a secretary for one of the deans in the college that we lived on because my dad was there. And, and I was a nine-year-old, and I'd go into her office, and I came in, and she was all excited, and all the, there was a bunch of students in there. And they're like, my son, you know, accepted. He's going to get baptized this week. And they broke out into a conversation. I wonder if anyone's ever drowned while being baptized. <laughs> Here I am, a nine-year-old with all these college students debating, well, certainly sometime in some place in the world, someone has drowned while being baptized. Hmm. Maybe I should rethink that whole idea. I, uh, when I was working in the camps, uh, one of our trips... Um, we took a, a, a long canoe trip through the, through the, uh, on the Suwannee River and through the Okefenokee Swamp. And we were canoeing through the Okefenokee and literally saw hundreds of gators that day just all over the bank as we canoed. We were reading this book, Stories of the Okefenokee, and, and one of the stories was a baptism, talking about a baptizing going on in the swamp because there was a group of people who actually lived in the swamp back in the early 1800s. And they were talking about when Johnny got baptized, he went down and he came up with a gator on his head. That he got attacked by a gator while being baptized. There's a lot of stories out there. But telling what it is that led up to your story, what it is that, that brought you to understand who Christ was, the, the, the memories of that day I was baptized 40 years ago on Easter Sunday. Uh, and and I, I remember that, and uh, Mr. B uh, Pastor Brian, who was dying with cancer at the time, that was one of the last people he baptized. Uh, these stories are, are memories in our lives, and they, and they invigorate our faith, and they remind us of the work of God in our past, and, and we need to not let that fade in our life. They're, they're funny, they're sad, they're, they're interesting, and I remember when the Lord moved in my life, and I've never doubted it from the time I was nine, that, that he was guiding me to that moment and sitting back and, and laughing about it and thinking about it and the beauty of it is, is personal and it reminds me that God has always been there and he's been faithful to me since that point. And so today is a day of remembrance. For some, it's the day they, they build that Ebenezer, they, they put that stake in the ground and this will be their story and they'll remember, you know, all the events of this day. And for some of us, we need to go back and remember our day. So today is your day to remember. Because remembering the gospel and reapplying it to our lives is something we need to regularly do. He goes on in verse, two, uh, in verse 3, he says, For I delivered to you of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that he was buried, and that he was raised from the third day in accordance with the scriptures. We need to realize when it comes to communion and baptism, there's really nothing more important in all the world. This is of first importance. The most important thing to Christians and non-Christians alike, even if they don't recognize it. That all of history, from the creation of the world to the present day, circles and, and, and revolves around this three-day event 
of Jesus' crucifixion, burial, and resurrection. This is the hinge point of all of human history. If you remember the reading from the scripture, even Paul goes back and connects to Adam. He says, you know, as in Adam all die. Going back from the very beginning of creation and the fall that took place in the garden. From that point, everything leads up to the cross, the burial, and the resurrection. And from that point, everything goes out to the final culmination of God's plan. This is the quite honestly the center of the universe. Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. This is of most importance. My question of application is, how often do we forget that? We don't need, it, the practice of our church is every, the first Sunday of every month, we, we uh, observe communion. I've been in churches that did it every Sunday. I've been in churches that did it once a quarter. But whatever regularity, the Sunday that you do communion doesn't need to be the only day you think about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. It needs to be something we do every day, even every moment. Everything, every interaction should be based upon this idea, upon this truth, and that we revolve all of our life around this most important event because all of history revolves around it, and, and it must be the guiding point in our lives. We must hold this always in our mind day after day after day, that my hope is in Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection, payment for my sins, and eternal life beyond this world. And the final thing I'd just like to point out is that our hope is beyond this world. That, that at baptism at communion at this day of days we look at back at what god did we look at what god's doing as we think about it each day but we look forward to the passage goes on that that if we in verse uh, 17 says if we have not been if christ has not been raised your faith is futile you're still in your sins then those who have fallen asleep in christ has perished if we have in christ have hope for this life only we are of people most to be pitied. The, Paul realizes that the crux of our faith is based on the resurrection of Christ. But not just the resurrection of Christ. Our own personal resurrection. And that if all we do is hope to be forgiven of our sins and have an abundant life here, then we're just kind of spinning our wheels and fooling ourselves. That the real truth of the gospel is beyond this world. Romans chapter 6 says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, in him by baptism into death. In order that, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. The question I'd like for you to consider today 
is do you live a life like resurrection is a reality? Does the life you live, is it affected? Is it, is it changed? Do you, do you live each day with the fact that you will one day be resurrected yourself? That that's a real thing. Much of this scripture goes on that we've heard today. Much of it is housed on the personal resurrection of people. There are people who say, no, there's no such thing as resurrection. And Paul's like, well, if there ain't no resurrection. If you're not coming out of the ground, then eat, drink, and be merry because this is all a big waste of time. If only your hope is here, then you have no hope at all. Because I don't know if y'all have noticed, things aren't getting better. You know, things are running down. We call it the law of entropy, that things are constantly going down, going down, going down. Uh, A a summer or two ago, I preached a sermon out on our picnic that that this ship is sinking. (laughs) This is the Titanic, and there ain't no plug in the hole. That she's going down. And all of Christianity is based on our belief that Jesus was resurrected. And we, in a very similar way, will also be resurrected. And so we must live resurrected lives now. A newness of life takes place now. All of this world matters little to the world to come. And so as we Uh, participate in these two things i want you to just remember these three simple facts let today be a reminder take time while we're singing through the through the word uh, while we're uh, participating in communion and baptism to remember your own to to think back fondly and and see where you've grown and see where you want to grow to let it reinvigorate you know, yourself and and to the truth of the gospel. Also, take time to just, just to soak in the importance of the day. To realize there's nothing more important than Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. There's just nothing more important than that. We make so many things more important, but nothing should take its place. And then consider your own hope. What is it you're living for? Are you living beyond this time? Are you stuck here? Is your future resurrection having an impact on your life? That is what Christians believe. I mean, that's really the brass tacks the core of the Christian faith. We believe Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he was resurrected. And by the grace of God, we put our faith in that, and so that our sins have been paid. And though we will die a physical death, we will not die a spiritual death, and that one day we will be resurrected to spend eternity with him. That we're wrapped up in him in the same way. That is what Christians believe. So at this moment, I'm going to ask, we have some people that will pray for our communion. If you'll take your communion set.
The first step of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is that God so loved you that he sent his only son to die for you. If you can peel away the little first wrapper and take out the symbol of God's body, Don's going to say a prayer for us. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I'll peel back the next layer and Deb will say a prayer for the cup.
In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For, often, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In a moment, I'm going to ask, we have five participants joining us to make a public profession of their faith by baptism today. But it is this faith in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection that they have reacted. That this is the first step of the gospel, that, that Jesus came and died for us. But we all know that's not the end of the story. And he left us another beautiful picture of us being buried and resurrected. Just so you know, I've spoken with these five people at length, and all of them have, just, have uh, come today professing their faith in Jesus as their Lord. And, and they want to, some of them have at other times been baptized as, as children. They are today saying, I want to do this to make a public profession of faith on my own accord, to, to publicly let the world know I have decided to follow Jesus. And they want to com uh, commemorate that by reenacting their own burial and resurrection as we reenact Jesus' burial and resurrection. So this time I'm going to ask those participants to join us. Scott's going to lead us in a song. After the baptism, he's going to come back and lead us in a couple more songs because we have some, some gifts we want to share with them. And, uh, and we'll close our service at that point. So, Scott. <laughs> 